With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Happy Friday. It is the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, episode number 23, with my good friend, Bill Graff. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Kurt. Very well. A lot of interesting stuff to get to today, so we're going to jump right on it. Um, and we're going to start in, uh, we, we'll, we'll probably hit this city a couple times. We're going to start in New York. Um, and the title of, I, I, I love the title of your notes, The Mets Have Issues, um, to put it bluntly. Um, although Wednesday, with Verlander coming back, throwing seven two-hit innings, uh, everybody had to feel good. You know, the two hits, by the way, were in the first inning. Um Pete Alonso has hit his uh, league leading 13th homer. Um, and so it, it there's one of those years, and it seems to be a New York thing, a big big market thing, but it's like two steps forward, one step back. The day before, Max Scherzer was scratched uh, because of a sore neck. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, that we're going to talk a couple on a couple different things here. Um, oh, and I, I read today he's skipping his start on Friday as well, Kurt. Okay. So, so yeah, me thinks uh, we're, we're talking about potentially something other than a sore neck. But the quote was, it started feeling barks. So I got some treatment during the game. When I woke up Monday, it was seriously locked up. Once it's locked up, it takes a few days to unlock. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure where to go with that uh other than um well we're going to talk about that and you know i i don't want a common theme here to be every couple of days we have a show and i talk about somebody who's hurt who should have played blah 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 but but um this guy uh, uh again first ballot hall of famer i get it <clears throat> I've, I've heard he's a gamer i don't really know him very well i interviewed him one time but i don't really know him um I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I promised I would never be that when I played kind of guy and I, I'm going to try not to be, but I remember waking up with exactly what he's talking about. Um, it happens, especially when you travel the way uh, they travel and, and you're on different beds and pillows every couple of days, you're going to wake up with some aches and pains. Um, but apparently he's going to miss two starts. Uh, and then the Mets called up Dave Robertson from triple a, who promptly gave up four and three and a third. Buck got tossed in the fifth inning on a horrific, horrific call by the umpires. Uh, I don't know the... how they missed that. No, I, I do. I do. Some of them just suck. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, it's that simple. Some of them are just horrible. When you look at, uh, I think, what was the number? And, and I'm going to spitball it. Last year, the the challenge calls at first base were overturned like 40% of the time. Yeah. So the professional umps on the play at first base are only right 60% of the time. Yeah, it, it's it's a game that moves at a speed you just can't comprehend, but they're supposed to be the best in the world, and some of them just suck. 
and and uh you know that's 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 unfortunate uh the reds hung on to beat them seven six mets are four and 12 in their last 16 um which wouldn't be a problem if the braves weren't so good they're now seven back and and we're we're into may so things are going to start uh appearing to be what they are um you know i've always said get out of april without burying yourself uh Seven, eight, nine, ten games is is potentially burying yourself. Um, and then uh, we're going to talk about uh, a couple guys: uh, uh, Tyler Mall, um, Max Fried, uh, Jose Alvarado of the Phillies, um, and then uh, Tyler Glasnow at the end, who I thought was going to be good news. Anyway, all these guys are uh, hurt. Max Fried got beat for seven in six plus innings. Uh, then went on the 15-day deal with the quote-unquote forearm strain, which means uh, for a guy that's had Tommy John, there's probably some issues in here, um, and you worry about that. Strode, the MRI showed no structural issues with the elbow. You know, that's MRI is just a little bit more clear than a Ouija board when it comes to uh, stuff like that. Um, it's hard to tell. But anytime you're talking about a guy with Tommy John, uh, you you worry. Uh, and, and for you Braves fans, you know, we talked about this and I talked about this in spring training. Uh, they're talking about sitting him. So, so when they say we're going to rest him, that means he's not going to pick up a ball. Um, how long he doesn't pick up a ball, I usually go times three to come back. Two weeks, uh, he's out, doesn't throw. You're probably looking at six weeks. Um, which is basically like starting over at the beginning of spring training, right? For everything, for, for, for nothing, but your arm, your body's fine, right? You continue to work out. You do all, you do a lot of extra stuff, keeping the legs, keeping everything, cardio, everything fine. But the only thing that really matters is your arm and you're, you're getting treatment and you're just resting it every day. And so, yeah, it's it in many ways, depending on the break and the length of time you're out, it really is like starting over again. And for guys that have had Tommy John, that can be lethal and dangerous. And and with that kid, you hope it isn't because he's a he's a very special talent. And you know they're already dealing with uh, Kyle Wright, who has a uh, shoulder inflammation, which should terrify people. And not Kyle, but as a fan, you, shoulder inflammation means that they don't actually know what's going on, uh, and his shoulder hurts. And that and and the problem is he's resting, I'm sure. Uh, but you're there's an underlying issue that causes the shoulder inflammation that is not being corrected generally. That usually is how it works. You know, almost never find shoulder instability without something uh related to the elbow. Um so it'll yeah, be and, uh, an Atlanta writer today said that from what he's hearing, right is gonna be out longer than free. Yeah. So that's a problem for the Braves. Well, I mean that 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 if he's going to be out longer, then you're talking about going in and taking a peek and seeing what's up. Right. You know. So and that that uh, I know there's a lot of progression uh, on the orthopedic side of surgeries that are trying to become non-invasive peaks. Going in and look, which I thought during the days when I played, I thought was I couldn't believe wasn't here yet, and I'm sure there's some some DARPA program that's already figured it out, but uh, having surgery, when I, having a doctor be able to go in and look at a joint without actually cutting into t muscle tissue, whatever, 
uh, would be uh, transcendent in in the orthopedic profession because, you know, uh, being able to go in and look at a shoulder. So again, MRIs and any doctor worth his weight and salt will tell you they're they're you can be an expert at reading them, but they are about as inexact science as you can get without going in and looking. And and so uh, all of these things are rest and and generally you don't see guys rest and come back and get better. It, it just, it doesn't work that way because the problem that causes the initial shutdown isn't fixed. It's just, um, uh, it, it's rested. The problem is rested. If you have an unstable joint that causes shoulder inflammation and you rest it for a month, when you come back, it's not inflamed anymore, but the, the joint's still unstable. So the inflammation is going to come back. Uh, same thing with the elbow. Um, but anyway, that's, that's none of this is good news because these guys are all young studs. Phillies, uh, Jose Alvarez, their closer, uh, five saves and a one eight eight with a, uh, again, uh, the, the, one of the new numbers strikeout rate 46.2%, which is, uh, number two in baseball behind, uh, Strider for the, the, uh, the Braves, the Braves um, is out, uh, inflammation in the left elbow. Generally that, you know, the next two words you end up hearing for that stuff is Tommy John, because that's the same thing. Inflammation in the elbow generally comes from instability in the shoulder uh, to some degree. That's obviously there's 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 different cases, but for the most part, that's where it is. The shoulder instability will remain while the elbow settles down. He comes back and he throws and it's the same thing. Um, Kimbrell, Strom and Soto are, are going to try and do the bullpen by committee thing in Philadelphia in the meantime. Um, but that 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 stinks. Um, yeah, I, I counted today. There are at least 10 teams in the league with closers by committee. Yeah. Well, that's that's sabermetrics. Sabermetrics has has if you remember remember Francona with the Indians a couple years back in the playoffs and and uh oh my god, the lefty, the big lefty from D he was with Detroit, went to the Yankees, big lefty closer. Is it was it Andrew Miller? If you remember Tito using Andrew Miller in the postseason coming in in the sixth and seventh inning. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's one of the I, I do I do agree with sabermetrics to some degree, the biggest outs sometimes are a lot of times aren't the ninth inning. It's in the sixth inning with the bases loaded and one out in a four to one game. You bring your closer in, he gets out of the inning and then you're, you, you know, your bullpen closes out. I, I do. You have to know your players and that's more the, that's more of the committee, but, but you know, there's a closer and a stopper. And it's, I think nowadays and the closer gets the last couple outs of the game. I think the stopper is the best pitcher in the bullpen who you use in the biggest moment. And, uh, and I think you're seeing a lot of that from, from a lot of teams, but you have to have the right people, the right personalities and the right arms down there to do that. And the teams that, that do it's a luxury and the teams that don't are, are hunting for it. So, uh, and last injury news, which I thought was going to be really good news. Um, Tyler Glasnow, uh, for Tampa came back and made his first start, uh, went two and a third through 46 pitches, uh, hit 97. So his arms back. He's healthy and he's feeling good. Makes his second start and comes out after the first with some side soreness. And apparently, uh, the quote after the game was, uh, I could have stayed out there. And I, I got, you know, then shut the hell up. Just shut up. If if you're a, I, I cannot tell you how many hundreds of starts where I was out in the mound and something didn't feel good. Something didn't feel right. I didn't mention it to anybody and, unless I was hurt. Why? I'm, 
the and and, and it, it's the mentality I think. And I'm I'm not always putting this on the pitcher because these kids are raised this way. I mean, there's a kid. Is it uh, uh, Yuri? Yeah, Yuri Perez. Yuri Perez for the Marlins, who is going to make his debut on Friday. Well, today. Uh, 20 years old, 6'8", 220, signed out when he was 16. He's going to make his debut at 20. And all indications are this is a, a guy with just through-the-roof physical talent potential. Signed as a 16-year-old. He's going to pitch in the big leagues today. And here's the problem. 180. 180. So in uh, my second year of professional baseball in the minor leagues, I threw 189 innings in, in low A ball. Um because that's how starters, that's how you get starters ready for the big leagues. 180 innings is how many minor league innings total that Perez has in his career in professional baseball. He signed in 2019 as a 16 year old for 200,000. So this was definitely one of those stash him on the island somewhere where nobody can see him. This It's a seedy, seedy business down in the Dominican, uh, really underhanded and kind of dirty uh, the way these kids are treated. Better now with the draft, but still real seedy. But uh, 6'8", 220-pound flamethrower, and 20 years old, he's going to make his debut. And the problem is that that you can't – you can't – I don't know that I can convey the the uh, increase in effort level from, from A ball to double A, double A to triple A, triple A to the big leagues. Going from A ball to the big leagues, I don't I – don't, I don't gather and fathom that concept. Uh, he he was in double A – yeah. For the start of this year. Right. And had four starts. Right. So he's got four starts. So my guess is he's, if he made four starts in the minor leagues, that probably equals about 20 total innings. Right. Um, he's never then, thrown more than 90 pitches in an outing. Yeah. See, it, this is absurd. And this is why I promise you and guarantee you, this is why you're seeing all of these young kids with Tommy John and going on surgery. They're, they're asking too much of them before putting them through the ringer enough times in the minor leagues to, to get their stamina, to build their body, to do all the things you have to do to pitch in the big leagues. And it, it, this is insane. This is, this is a kid who uh, after four starts in double a at 20, which he was probably one of the youngest guys in double a uh, in past days, they would have probably said, you know what, you know, let's just let him pitch the first two months in, in double a and then we'll bring him up to AAA. He's possibly a September call-up. Uh, the Marlins aren't playing for they're not they're not a World Series contender this year. Why would you do this? This is you have a full year to get this kid progressed the way you want him to get some innings under his belt, get some stamina under his belt. You've got Al Contrera kind of leading the world uh, at the top of that staff with with the with the old school mentality of it's all about innings because it is about innings with starters. Um, but this is, and I'm, I hope he does well. I'm looking forward to him doing well. Um, but this, these things just position players. I think it's different. Very, very different. Uh, there's a physical level of effort that, that, that is different between pitching and, and, and hitting and playing every day in the big leagues, but you can't, I just don't think you can do it to to many pitchers. If any, um, want to touch on the socks. Congratulations, Kenley Jansen with his 400 save, seventh pitcher all time. Uh, next up, Billy Wagner at 422, then Franco at 424. Um, nine saves with a 0.77. The Red Sox are playing well. Uh, they've won eight out of ten. They're they're on Friday. James Paxton goes out against the Cardinals. His first start since April 9th of 2021. 
So uh, he's been out, what, a little over two years with Tommy John, which is the back end of, of, of timelines for Tommy John. Uh, but a guy who uh, has a checkered pass physically, right. and you need to – Sox fans, temper your excitement, but watch uh, watch the velocity. Um, if you want to understand health, just watch the velocity, not as much the top end, but the consistency. You know, if he comes out and he's 91 to 93, for the most part, awesome. If he's 87 to 96, then he's a ways back. But but after two years, he should be more than more than ready. Um, I want to talk about something. So, uh, getting back to the Perez thing, but more importantly, uh, uh, one of the things that, that we, that, that Bill, you had mentioned that I wanted to talk about was this, uh, a Rolos Chapman, um, apparently is, I don't know, I don't want to say back, but he's, uh, he's in Kansas city. Uh, and his velocity is definitely back. His he- velocity is back, which was always what he was about. Um, is this a guy somebody trades for? Well, he's he's like boobs on a bull in uh, Kansas City. Useless. They're they're having a horrific season. They're going to have a horrific season, which sucks because they're great fans. Uh, but he'll be a deadline guy as long as he stays out of trouble. Um, the interesting part of the story to me, Kurt, was there are reports out of the Royals that they're already they're not going to wait till the deadline. They they may start bring it in, go out and see what, what pile of youngsters they can get for him now. Yep. Yep. I mean, you, you have all the leverage now in a sense. And, and the previous discussion we're having about injuries, everybody's got somebody hurt and this is a guy. And and here's the thing, uh, whatever he's done off the field to get where he's got, he deserved, he made horrible choices and all the things that go with that. But if you're a team looking for uh, a piece there's probably no bigger upside than signing a guy who used to be big man on campus to everybody. And Chapman was big man on campus in the biggest campus in the game in New York, who's fallen from grace and wants to prove himself again. Now, I don't know if he has that makeup, uh, but generally guys that get to the top of the mountain have some of that in them. Uh, you could get a guy who who would be uh, a complete game changer, uh, or you could get a guy who, uh, you know, you're dealing with emotional ups and downs that nobody else wants to deal with and all the things that go with it. I don't know him uh, even remotely other than the fact that he throws really hard. So, um, and, and and I got to tell you, that's, that's a conversation, uh, Bill, we were talking before the show. One of the things that and in this day and age it's amazing how how uh uh dog whistles and people love to jump at the sound of things when you talk about nationalities or races but we're talking about kids from from the islands dominican puerto rico uh, uh south america venezuela um i don't think the average fan and I, i'm 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 going to use this that we'll we'll hit some quick hits at the end of the show but i want to i want to explain something about kids like this um and a great one of the great ones examples for me is you know you remember Yasiel Puig right um he comes over uh as a a international superstar outside of the game he goes in and he goes into comes over basically and and I, I I'm exaggerating I think in his case I may not be but for the most part when you look at these kids that come over from the Dominican from Puerto Rico from uh Curacao from the Netherlands Antilles these kids are all coming from many of them 
abject poverty, third world conditions you couldn't imagine, houses with dirt floors and tin roofs um, and that lived day by day, that played baseball with rocks. And I'm not exaggerating when I say rocks. It's obviously changing a lot because of the money Major League Baseball is putting into, into the programs out there. But but what people don't get is, and it's very hard to, to understand. I don't even get it in, in many ways. On Monday, you are in the Dominican or in Cuba, and you are uh, with your family of nine, dirt poor, living in a house for three. Um, and then on Tuesday, you're at a press conference in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, with a suit and tie on and $40 million in the bank. I don't, I, I don't have one issue with the things that happen to them when they're thrown into that. Uh, you know, I, I, there was a lot of rumors about Puig, you know, he owned nine different cars and blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you expect? Uh, for, for And these are young men, very young men who come from nothing. And the game puts them on a pedestal before it comes, you know, because I think almost all of them should start in the minor leagues, regardless of the talent, just to get an acclimated, uh, a sense of acclimation uh, or to get acclimated to life here it's different uh they 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 some of them at best when they come speak broken english there's a language barrier um which is another reason why clubhouses gravitate the way they do but the fact of the matter is and i think teams are 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 definitely uh doing it differently now you have language coaches you have uh um coaches in the minor leagues life skill coaches to teach i'll tell you a story bill when i was in uh this was a long time ago I was in rookie ball my first year. Um, my manager, Bill Lemoncelli, told a story about how, you know, he he would go around and we had, and rookie ball is where the 16, 17-year-old kids from foreign countries come uh, to play. We had, you know, 40 guys on our roster. And he went over, he would go and players would, would pay rent and live in houses with families. And he went over to check uh, a house where uh, four kids from the Dominican were living um and he walked into the house and and in the apartment and they were renting and he said the smell was was horrific and it was because he went into the bathroom and there was almost a month's worth of toilet paper stack used toilet paper stacked next to the toilet they had never had running water they didn't know how to use a toilet and it was mind-boggling to me but it was also very enlightening for me to realize that you know yeah it's tough but for some guys, it's a whole lot tougher. And, and you know, these kids are coming to the country. Now they're not just coming over here have, never having running water. They're not playing rookie ball. They're coming over here never having running water with $40 million in the bank and a country full of leeches trying as hard as they can to latch on. And they have a family back home who can't get over here, who they need to send, especially the Cuban players, who who – you know, their family may be facing persecution. I, I, it's just a, it's one of those things when you look at these uh, young Latin American players, I really hope that fans do so with a little bit, bit of a different eye and understanding, you know, Bill, they always, I, my dad always told me, you know, everybody you pass on the street has a story as deep and as important to them as you, yours is to you. And I, this is, it's no different. Some of the stories of the Cuban kids that defected are, would, would take your breath away. Oh, Absolutely the way they did it uh, under, you know, under armed guard in a hotel, sneaking out a sixth floor window, being driven away by a player agent. 
I mean, it's just, it, it would, it would, it would break your heart at the same time, make you understand because there's a belief. I think many believe on the islands that live on the islands that baseball is the only way out. And, you know, when you're not making any money and you're eating uh, the way you're eating and you're living the way you're living 200, you know, what was it? Yuri signed for $200,000 at 16. That might as well have been $200 million given where he came from and how they can. And that's not all kids. There's, I mean, you know, uh, th there are kids who don't grow up in abject poverty. They're few and far between because of the situations in those countries. But next time you hear of a Latin player doing something you think is illogical and stupid, just remember that uh, in many ways, the kids that are coming from the islands have no concept of what they're walking into. Into, excuse me. I uh, want to close out this week, some quick hits. Uh, Yankee fans smile and frown. Aaron Judge is back. He went three for seven against the A's, drove in two. Uh, the, the Yanks are eight back of Tampa, and that's a big deal because they have three games in Yankee Stadium this weekend against the Rays. And with the unbalanced schedule and the fact that you're only going to meet 13 times, these games take on a different meeting. You can be five games back, which is, which is manageable. You could be 11 games back, which pretty much relegates you to, you know, praying that Tampa ha falls down the toilet and you guys play out your butts to be 11 games better than them, which generally doesn't happen. Um, but it could, but, but that's a big series. Also uh, the one series that if you like to watch, I think if you like to watch, Good young hitters, the Padres Dodgers uh, are playing in LA three this weekend. Um, Dodgers are three and a half back. Same thing. Dodgers sweep. They're a half game out. No, no. Padres are three and a half back of the Dodgers. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Padres yeah. are three and a half back. Padres sweep. They're a half game out. Dodgers sweep. They're six and a half out. Two very different outlooks at the beginning of May for both clubs. Uh, Dodgers have been hot. Yeah. Uh, the Padres have been uh, as well. Um, the Padres, it's the Padres trail by three and a half. Yeah. And they're eight and two in their last 10. Correct. Dodgers are eight and two in their last 10. Okay. All right. Dodgers so, are eight and two. coming off of the Kershaw, uh, yeah, really nice performance. Well, you know, he's he's going to be fun to watch as he ages. And, and uh, another guy who better, who if the Hall of Fame voting was legit, real, right, and true, and done by smart people, he'd get 100% of the vote when he gets uh, eligible for the ballot. So... Uh, big series this weekend, then, for you Yankees, Rays fans, Padres, Dodgers fans. Uh, not so much for you Oakland fans, but apparently Oakland's already doing a second deal for another stadium that I saw. Now, apparently, it's going to go where the Flamingo is in, in Vegas. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't care. I just want them out of Oakland. And I think they deserve to be out of Oakland. With yes, this. please. Please yeah. find a place to build a stadium and break ground. And yep. let's, here we go. I would, and, and I'm in Nashville, by the way, and Nashville needs a major league baseball team, deserves a major league baseball team, has a fan base for a major league baseball team. So get the Tampa Bay Rays or the Florida Marlins the hell out of Florida, move them to a real major league city, and let's see what they can do here with money. So you put that, put that Tampa Bay front office into a situation where they generate revenue. It might not be fair for baseball if they do that. So. Yeah, the city of Orlando is also getting into the recruitment of the Tampa Bay Rays to move to Orlando. The only sport that plays in Florida to a big crowd is football. That is true. That's the because you've got Miami, you've got Florida, Florida State, um, and then you've got Tampa Bay, Miami, Jacksonville, who's going to be an upcome up and coming. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Orlando's got Kissimmee and Disney. 
Right. It, it, it doesn't work. I, I, it was, I think I had the greatest spring training ever when I was down there because Kissimmee was awesome. Not a big league town, not by any stretch. No. Uh, so I would like to see, yeah, I would like to see uh, uh, Nashville jump, get its hat. I know they have a very strong ownership group. Dave Stewart, I think is a part of that. Um, would love to see that though. Uh, and, and I stop saying Montreal, whoever's saying Montreal, that didn't no. work. We know that Mm-mm. didn't work ever. Ever. It's st- I still say Montreal got screwed more than any- Montreal had the most talented team that never won a World Series in history. The 1994 Montreal Expos would have been a World Series champion and the strike screwed that for them. That uh, was one of the most talented teams ever. Anyway, uh, Padres, Dodgers, Yankees, Rays, good potential uh, postseason look in. Still early to be talking about it, but but with the schedule changes and everything, it, it's a different different animal now. So, uh, Bill, I'm actually headed to graduation. Uh, my middle son, Grant, is graduating from LaSalle. Uh, I will be back uh, to see you on Tuesday. Excellent. Yep. And then uh, that's followed by my daughter, uh, my, who's a Tennessee volunteer, graduating next week. So it's going to be a good couple of weeks. At the You've gotten graduation fever. Yes. Yes. My, my youngest son just finished inf- combat infantry school, infantry combat school, uh, and has headed to uh, his MOS now. So uh, as a Marine. So everything's – I've been – I said it, Bill. I mean, and I'll say it to people that are tuning in. If you told me at 18 to write down my dream life, I would have screwed myself because my real life kicks the crap out of anything I could have ever dreamed. And that was actually one of my roosters crowing, if you heard him. That might have been uh, 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 Blackfish or uh, uh, Solly crowing outside. My, I have an animal rescue outside. I'll take you guys around someday. So anyway, have a great weekend. Outkick.com. Uh, we're on Spotify. And we will check back in with you guys on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care, Bill.